You're listening to the Oddscast, the original UFC betting podcast that's straight to the point. Hosted by leading MMA oddsmaker Nick Kalikas and MMA journalist Brian Hemminger, they provide you the absolute best UFC betting info, picks, statistics, and analysis from the most respected authority in mixed martial arts betting. MMAoddsbreaker.com. Don't place your wagers without us. Welcome to the Combate Cast, presented by BetDSI. I'm Brian Hemminger, joined today by leading mixed martial arts oddsmaker Nick Halikas to break down this Friday's Combate 53 event, Cope Combate 2019, which takes place in Lima, Peru. Nick creates the opening betting odds for Combate events, so he'll break down the seven fights with betting odds for this card, providing extensive analysis and a pick for those fights after doing film study and research for the event. Combate 53 will air on TV networks Axis, Univision, and TUDN in Mexico with live streaming of the undercard on Facebook Watch this Friday night. Let's dive right in. Now, kicking things off, we have a late-notice bantamweight contest between Henzo Mendez, who is 13-6, and and Kevin Borjas, who is 5-0. Now, Nick... Where did you open this fight, and how has the public shifted things so far? Man, super excited about this tournament. Copa Combate, definitely a prestigious event for Combate Americas. So looking forward to this. Getting right into the card. Awesome fight to start things off. Mendez, I opened minus 300, the comeback on Borjas at plus 230. Now, of course, this line was just sent out recently after the updated changes, so not a lot of action coming in, and the books are still posting this as we speak. So I'll just basically break down the fight. Um, we'll see the way the line moves at the betting window, of course. Keep an eye on that as well. I think this is an awesome fight. I think this is going to be just as good as the original fight. Unfortunately, Pablo Gonzalez, Juan Pablo Gonzalez was ruled out. He had weight cutting issues and, uh, in comes Borjas, which is a replacement, suitable replacement fighter. I mean, he's from Peru, um, from the local gym, Pitbull man. I mean, his coach and his training camp is, is phenomenal, really. I mean, they produce a lot of great fighters. So he has that going for him. He's a young undefeated prospect. And if you watch this guy on footage, man, he brings it. This guy's definitely a well-rounded fighter. He's got that killer instinct. And I mean, he just goes a hundred miles an hour throwing combos, th- accurate punches, um, very accurate knees. And, you know, I mean, he's he's fun to watch, no doubt about it. So, I, like I said, for late replacement, man, you can't do much better. So, hats off to Combate for grabbing Borjas and putting him in here as well. Uh, I mean, Peru is definitely a hotbed for up-and-coming talent for sure. So, and again, the local fan favorite, of course, in normal situations, and in most cases, is Henzo Mendez. So, this is a, a weird spot for him because I think he was going to go from being a huge fan favorite to basically fighting a local rival now um, in Borjas. But make no mistake about it, Mendez is ready. He's always ready. I think this guy's a phenomenal fighter. He's only 20. 24 years old. He's a southpaw. He brings it on the feet. He has phenomenal striking. I love watching this guy strike because he's got that killer instinct as well. He just goes at it. I mean, he has power on the feet. He, he does some serious damage um, on most of his opponents, and then he can have the ability to take the fight down when he wants, usually as well, has some good ground to pound. I think his biggest flaw right now is some uh, lack of defense on the ground at times. He has been submitted three times in his career. Um, I think that kind of an issue is an issue that he needs to address, but he's getting better on the ground as well. And again, at 24 years old, he's always improving. So at this point, I think this is going to be a pretty awesome scrap, but I do think Mendez's levels ahead of Borjas at this moment right now in time. So I think Borjas, Borjas is still going to do some great things. Again, this is going to be an awesome test for both men. I think we're going to see it kind of go back and forth for a while, but I do think Mendez is going to get it done here. So at the betting window, it all depends, again, which way the line goes. If the line drops significantly, I'm hopping on Mendez. If the line goes up like crazy, then there's probably going to be some value on Borjas, despite it him being a late replacement. So kind of watch where the line goes from here. But I do like Mendez in this spot. I think he probably does get it done. 
Now, dropping down to the women's strawweight division, we have Lena Franco Rodriguez, who is four and two, taking on Sandra Lovato, who is seven and two. Now, Nick, what's the MMA odds maker's perspective on this one? I open Rodriguez minus one twenty five to come back on Lovato at minus one oh five. And right now looking over at the Donbass screen, we are currently seeing Rodriguez at minus one fifty five to come back on Lovato at plus one thirty five. So smart, I think, overall with the early action coming in on Rodriguez. I'm kind of surprised a little bit. I think looking on paper, I was expecting more people to kind of side with Lovato because she's got a little bit of the better record, I guess. But people look de- definitely look deeper into this fight before they hit it at the betting window for sure. and They did their homework because I do think Rodriguez is the right side. And all of you guys that came in on Rodriguez must have seen the wrestling aspect of this fight because that's exactly what she has to do to win this fight and probably can do so because Lovato is more of a striking-based fighter. She does have a decent ground game. I like what I see from her overall. She's a talented fighter. But I think more so than anything else, she probably wants to keep this fight upright. Rodriguez is going to be the one that wants to get this fight to the ground, control it a little bit, and utilize her ground game, control this fight. Like I said, land some ground and pound, maybe even look for submission along the way as well. So that's what Rodriguez is going to do. She's not really a striking-based fighter, but she does have capable wrestling. And if you look at Lovato, I think her flaw, if anything, like I said, is basically takedown defense. She is getting better, and at times she can sprawl and brawl pretty decent. But I think in this matchup here and why people are coming on Rodriguez is the wrestling, and I think that is going to be a factor. So I side with the public here. I think they're probably on the right track, although this is another phenomenal fight. Combate always does a great job matching up ladies' fights. Those of you that have been tuning in, you know that. So this is going to be another awesome scrap. I like it, but I do pick Rodriguez to get the job done. I think it's probably going to be her grinding style that gets it done. Now, moving on to the tournament, we have Salvador Becerra in a lightweight fight, again, who is eight and two, taking on Milko Tucto, who is four and one. Now, Nick, where did you open this fight, and how has the public shifted things so far? Another fight that's hot off the press going to hit the betting windows here and, and not quite up everywhere yet, just starting to, to kind of make it again because it was a late replacement fight, as Brian mentioned here. Um, but both these guys are definitely part of the tournament from the beginning. Tucto was uh, in the replacement slot. Now he's sliding in to that main tournament spot. So odds to win did definitely uh, have an impact here, and we made some changes and adjustment. We'll get into that a little bit later. But getting into this fight, man, this is an awesome fight. Uh, Becerra was my favorite to win the tournament, of course, overall, if those of you guys have checked it out. But he's one of three guys that are definitely capable of actually taking this whole thing. I mean, I think it's a pretty stacked tournament. So even I think the mid-guys, mid-level guys, or we could even see a big upset uh, happen and, and, and take this whole tourney. But Again, we'll get into that a little bit more later on. But Becerra was originally scheduled to take on uh, Kolbowski, as we uh, mentioned earlier. But, of course, that fight got scrapped due to weight-cutting issues, and Tucto steps in. Now, Tucto is a different type of fight. I'm a little bit worried for... Uh, Becerra in this spot, to be honest with you, because I think stylistically he's a completely different fighter. I mean, his uh, jiu-jitsu, Tucto is one of those guys that has such a dominant grappling game. I mean, he gets the fight to the ground in most cases, and his opponents can't stop him. Now, there's also not a lot of footage and just information about the guy out there. We just know he has that phenomenal ground game. Um, he's So, in my opinion, he's a true dark horse, especially now that he's in the main tournament to win this all, because from what we do know, I mean, he's at that high level that anybody – 
that gets on the ground with him is probably going to get submitted. And Becerra, if any flaws on his resume in the past, it has been that he's been susceptible to submissions as well. So I think this stylistically might be a more dangerous fight, but I still like what I see from Becerra overall. I mean, this guy's getting better. If you watch him fight by fight, I mean, he's definitely a well-rounded fighter. He's more well-rounded. We know that going into this fight as well. He does have a ground game. He does have wrestling. He does have takedown defense. So I think what he does here is obviously sprawl brawl, keep this fight upright and beat Tucto up in route to maybe a finish on the feet. If not, he should be able to get the decision, but he doesn't want to mess around with Tucto on the ground at all. And Tucto, of course, is going to want to try to take his back, try to do anything he can to get this fight to the ground. Um, this, and you know, we can't underestimate some of these grapplers at times. I mean, they're willing to throw bombs because they're not afraid of getting uh, taken down or throw some heavy kicks as well. So again, not a lot of info on Tucto. So if you're going to bet this fight, be cautious now, especially since the first round matchup. And again, against my tournament favorite in Becerra here, but I still think Becerra gets it done. I am being a little bit more cautious. I do respect Tucto in this spot. And again, if you're looking at the whole thing, I mean, Tucto, he gets this job done. He's going to be a serious player to win this whole tournament. So again, odds did get adjusted. He isn't as big of an underdog as he once was to win the whole tournament. And Becerra actually became better odds, meaning that uh, you could get a better price on Becerra now um, into at the tournament. But the matchup itself, he's almost a three to one favorite over Tucto. I think he does probably get it done and I'm going to pick him to win this fight. Now, sticking with the lightweight tournament, we have Jose Luis Verdugo, who is 10 and 8, taking on Lucas Corbidge, who is 10 and 0. Now, Nick, what's the MMA oddsmaker's perspective on this one? I opened Verdugo minus 145 to come back on Corbidge at plus 115. Right now, looking over at the Don Best screen, we're seeing Verdugo at minus 160 to come back plus 130 on Corbidge. So line margins have tightened up a little bit and more action coming in on Verdugo. This is a bit of a surprise. Again, hats off to you guys out there that came in early because you did your homework. If you look at this fight immediately on paper, you have basically a 500 fighter in Verdugo at 10 and 8, taking on an undefeated prospect in Corbidge at 10 and 0. So you have an undefeated guy that should be on paper coming in here as a favorite, but I didn't open it that way. Open Verdugo as a favorite and it got bet up. So that tells you something right away. It tells you that the level of competition Corbett has faced throughout his career thus far has not been that competition level of Verdugo. And that's that there's no doubt about that for sure. That's where the wild card factor is in this spot. But if you do look at Corbett and see um, his competition against that weaker comp, it isn't that bad. I mean, I like what I see from him. I mean, he definitely has some nice attributes. Um, he's got decent boxing, has some decent wrestling as well. I like his single and double legs. Knows how to use some ground and pound as well. So he has some missions to go with it. But, I mean, this is by far the best fighter he's ever faced in Verdugo. And Verdugo is one of these guys that's faced a decent competition throughout his career. And he's, you know, hung in there with a lot of good fighters and given them their best fights, so to speak, as well. So he's ready to compete at the highest level and, I mean, gives really – you know, phenomenal fighters fits at, at times. And he's kind of right now, I think coming into his own and hitting his groove at age 35, he's got all that experience behind him. He's got that confidence and he's again, a very well-rounded fighter. He's slick in all areas. He knows what he's capable of. So Corbage isn't going to really bring anything to the table that Verdugo hasn't saw already. So I, that's why I like him here in this spot. I think he is the true dark horse to win this tournament. Again, I was just mentioning Tucto being one of the dark horses. I think Verdugo is the other one here because I think he, this guy matches up well with anybody he faces because he's such a well-rounded, complete, durable fighter that it's just really, you know, tough to beat him you're going to have to probably finish him to do so uh, which is possible i mean he has been knocked down he has been submitted so against some of the higher level comp he's gonna face that could be you know obviously the way to get him out of there but in this first round matchup if corbage cannot 
finish the fight early on. I think he's going to suffer defeat here, obviously, as well. So we'll see what Corbage is made of. This is definitely a good test for him. And if he does go on to Biverdugo, it's definitely going to be an awesome win. And I think he'll be another one of these guys that's capable of making a deep run. We'll see how legit he really is. But I don't think he passes this test. I think it's Verdugo again. So I do agree again with the public coming on, on Verdugo early on here as well. Now, continuing on with the third bout of the lightweight tournament, we have... Eric Gonzalez, who is 10 and 4, taking on Yoel Jimenez, who is 5 and 3. Now, Nick, where did you open this fight, and how has the public shifted things so far? I opened Gonzalez, Ghost Pepper, minus 300, the comeback on Jimenez at plus 230. And right now, what we're seeing at the Donbass screen is Gonzalez around still minus 3 to 1. 300, the comeback, plus 240. We're seeing minus 325, plus 250 out there. So still basically a solid 3 to 1 favorite. So that's respect over Jimenez. I mean, Gonzalez, Ghost Pepper Man, I think he's a phenomenal fighter. Obviously, he's gained a lot of respect in his, even his loss to Rafa Garcia for the lightweight strap. I mean, Gonzalez gave him everything he could handle. I mean, a lot of people thought he deserved to win that strap. So Ghost Pepper is no joke, man. I mean, he's definitely a solid, experienced, intelligent, and durable fighter. I like what I see from him. He's only getting better. 27 years old. I think this is the type of fighter that you really see coming into his own right now. Um, and again, like I said, despite that title loss, I think his stock kind of rose in that loss. So I really think he's got what it takes to win this whole tournament. He's one of my favorites that I was talking about as well um, to win this whole thing. And if you guys actually checked out his um, – him on the mic recently as well. He was, he was a guest commentator in Combate Americas. I think he did a great job on the microphone breaking down fights. So I liked what I saw from there. So this guy's a really smart fighter. And I think in and out of the cage, he definitely knows where it's at. And that, that goes a long way. I think fight IQ and intelligence and, and knowing the sport well, that, I, that really impresses me. And I think, uh, you got to take your hat off again to him for that, but he has his hands full here in Jimenez. I mean, Jimenez is a powerhouse, man. He's a striker with serious KO power. I mean, he's patient. That's the thing with him as well. The, that's what makes him kind of um, dangerous at times because he really is patient, waits for his opening, and then once he gets it, he unloads. So I think this is going to be a dangerous fight for Gonzalez here for sure because, again, Jimenez isn't going to really want to look to wrestle all that often. He's going to want to look to take your head off. And once he gets in his groove, man, Jimenez is really start hard to stop. So overall, though, he has fought lower-level competition so far. So, again, this is another spot where Jimenez is kind of stepping up to the plate huge. Gonzalez has faced better competition throughout his career. And even though Jimenez brings some thunder to the table here with his knockout power. I think Gonzalez is more than durable to take that and get this fight where he wants it. He can get it to the floor and beat him. I think Gonzalez is more than capable of actually striking with Jimenez as well and having uh, success there. So I just think Gonzalez is the more complete fighter, the better fighter. I know people are hesitant here to kind of bet this either way because Jimenez is definitely a dangerous opponent, so you can't take him lightly, but I still think the better fighter is going to prevail here and it's Gonzalez and like I said if Gonzalez gets his groove here he wins this fight early he's going to get some confidence on his side he's definitely one of these guys that can win this whole thing so you got to kind of keep your eyes on him as well as odds to win the tournament but my pick is Gonzalez to win this fight and I'm looking at some great things in the future from Gonzalez as well now moving on to the final bout of the tournament we have Humberto Bendene who is 15 and 7 taking on Hugo Hernando Prada who is 8 and 3 now Nick What's the MMA oddsmaker's perspective on this one? I up in Bandana minus 385, the comeback on Prada plus 275. And right now what we're seeing over at the Donbass screen, it's currently up to 450 minus 500 for Bandana. The comeback around plus 375, plus 350s out there, plus 325s on Prada. So line merch have tightened up. More action coming in on Bandana as of late. So Prada's ground game, I mean, that's kind of where it's at for him. He has to get this fight to the ground if he's going to win this, but that might not be easy either. So 
despite him having a decent record in overall, I think, MMA game. I mean, people are coming in on Bandana, the UFC vet. I mean, he's definitely the more popular fighter. You know, having some wins in the UFC, of course, doesn't hurt uh, his stock by any means. I mean, the guy's definitely a capable threat. We've seen that on the feet, on the ground. I mean, this guy has submission skill. You can, anywhere you take the fight with this guy, he get, he's capable of finishing the fight. So, And he's only getting better. Now that he's kind of had that UFC run, and he's kind of outside of the UFC, he wants to continue to improve. And honestly, when you have that kind of mental game, like, hey, I've been in there with the best, any organization outside of that, you're going to feel like is a kind of a step down in your head. I think I, I think that's a level of confidence some of these guys coming from the UFC have. Now, of course, an organization like Abate that matches these fights up so tough and so well, that's not necessarily always true. So this is going to be a hard fight, and Prada has a path of victory here. I mean, once he, this guy gets on top of you on the ground, he's a threat for sure. He does have some power. He's got a decent skill set overall. I mean, he does have okay striking. Um He's big for the weight class as well. That's a big attribute uh, for him that he's got going. Of course, Banaday is not exactly small for 155 pounds either, but I think Prada is going to be bigger and stronger than most guys that, uh, in this weight class as well. Um, and again, I think if he's able to implement that ground game, get top position, he's definitely going to be a threat. Uh, he's capable of, of getting on top, dropping some bombs. But I think when things get tough for Prada and, and he can't kind of have his way with his opponents – he does start to kind of wield under that pressure. And I think Bandanay is one of these guys that's going to bring it from the start. And again, if he gets, he gets the fight to the floor, I think he gets position on Prada. He can end this fight as well. So I do think Prada is going to be a tough test, but Bandanay is going to prevail here. And he, again, he's obviously another one of the favorites that I was talking about to win this whole tournament as well. So this is a phenomenal tournament. We'll see how it all plays out. But in this matchup, I think Bandanay does get it done, whether it's on the feet. I think he can beat Prada up there, even on the ground. I think he's going to give Prada some fits, but I think he has to be a little bit more cautious there. But if the betting window. I understand why people are coming in banning his way. I, th- I do agree with it. I think he does get it done. I would be cautious though. I wouldn't necessarily uh, bet it at five to one now. I'd probably stay away from it. It's probably a dog or pass situation at this point, but I don't think Prada wins, so it's a more of a pass for me. But my pick is Bannon A to get the job done here. Now, last but not least, you did give out individual odds on who could win the whole tournament, and that also includes the alternate fighter Ignacio Bahamandas. So, uh, Nick, I'll uh, let you close this out by uh, discussing your individual uh, uh, tournament victory odds. All right. Yeah, like Brian said, I mean, this is Copa Combate 2019, so it is a tournament, and we have tournament matchups. This is the fun part about the sport, man, having these one-night tournaments. We don't usually see them all that often, but when we do, I think a lot of people get behind it, and it just makes things so exciting. And then this tournament is going to deliver. And that Copa Combate Cup is so beautiful. If you guys haven't checked it out, I mean, it's it's worth looking at. So I think I believe Combate America has posted it on their Twitter uh, page, so check it out. It's something different, something unique, and really cool. And again, it, it kind of fitting to this tournament, like I said, the prestige about it all. So getting into the tournament odds to win here, Becerra. He is still currently the tournament favorite. Again, these changed kind of after Wayne's a little bit. He's around plus 300. Bandanay, of course, plus 300. And Gonzalez at plus 325. So you have kind of a three-headed monster towards the top. I think those are the three guys that can obviously win this. I still favor Becerra to win it all a little bit because I just think out of this group here, out of this field, he is a little bit more complete than Bandanay and Gonzalez. I think he's got a little bit more 
I guess I should say less defensive flaws in his overall game. I think he's a little bit more dependable and he's going to be a little bit more steady. So I think Becerra is probably a difficult matchup for everybody because his striking is on point. I think he can control the wrestling over most of his opponents he faces here as well and probably stays out of sub trouble in most of these matchups. So I think Becerra is going to be a handful and he probably wins the Copa Combate. But again, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if we see Bannon or Gonzalez coming through here as well because those guys definitely have the skill set. And again, that those guys are plus 300 as well. Now, Verdugo coming in again, one of the dark horses I talked about earlier, he's at plus 575 right now. And again, he's one of these guys that's a complete fighter. He's faced a lot of good competition and he's going to give a fit to anybody he faces. So if you're looking for value right there, Verdugo might be the dark horse to take. Corbage, uh, the undefeated prospect at 10 and 0 is coming in at plus 700 right now. Jimenez, the power puncher we were talking about. If you guys want to take that shot at a Mike Tyson type of fighter out there, Jimenez is your, your fighter. He's at plus 1150. So if he wins this tournament, you're going to kind of hit a lot. Lotto there, lotto ticket there, small one. Uh, Prada, a complete fighter. I mean, if you look at his resume, plus eleven hundred, that's not bad. And of course, Brian was just mentioning uh, Bahamandez. He's at plus seven hundred. He is now the official alternate solo, so that um, odds were adjusted. He was originally closer to ten to one. Now he's down to plus seven hundred to win the whole tournament. So his odds did get improve a little bit because I think that he does have a realistic shot if he steps in as an alternate. This guy has skill in all aspects of the game of course he's more of a striking base fighter and he can outstrike any one of these guys on the feet we've seen that time and time again so uh, he's a threat at plus 700 and now the dark horse that I mentioned recently Tukto with that jiu-jitsu skill set that he has he he got thrown into the main tournament bracket so he actually went from plus 1200 to the original opening odds that the bracket uh, for this bracket to plus 600 he got cut in half so now he's legit you know, at, at winning this whole tournament at plus 600. I mean, I think if he starts, like I said, things off with pulling off the biggest upset of them all, beating my tournament favorite Becerra, he's got a legit shot to sub his way to a win as well. So there is some value to be had. I mean, do your homework a little bit and see who you guys think, but the odds to win will be available at BetDSI, of course, um, and other sports books out there that you guys could check out. I know, um, you know, online they're floating around a little bit too, so there's some buzz around this event for sure and well worth it. So make sure you guys check it out. I love this tournament and make sure you guys, like I said, tune in to the zone this Friday evening. Univision as well. They're going to have them on and uh, I believe access TV will eventually have a replay as well, but awesome event. Check it out. Don't miss it. So that'll do it for a full event breakdown for Combate 53, Copa Combate 2019. Special thanks to Bet DSI. Good luck everyone. And hopefully the betting gods are on your side on Friday. <laughs>